This episode is not sponsored, but we encourage you to help support the small businesses, charities and organisations that we mention. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Our Circle. I'm Rhiannon. And I'm Jess. And today we are joined by a very special guest and my friend who is a medical student with an interest in medicine, in true crime, aesthetics, and is a rising star on TikTok. Please welcome my <laughs> friend Ava, also known as About Ava 20. Yay! Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> so um, can you tell us a bit more about what you're studying and what you hope to be? Okay, so I'm currently in my third year of medical school, so I've got two more years left before I like graduate and then become a junior doctor. But um, like right now, I'm in my preclinical year, so I haven't yet stepped into the hospital full time. That's coming up. Well, actually, mm coming up soon so um yeah so I hope to after I graduate become um specialized in psychiatry so mental health basically and um specifically a forensic psychiatrist which kind of like yeah mental health and uh, the prison system so uh, yeah so the criminal justice system sorry so um you'll be dealing with patients who have mental illnesses but also have a forensic history as well um whether that be due to their mental illness or as an outcome of them being in the system so yeah that's what can you can you explain to our listeners what that actually means like having a forensic history because I'm someone who's just so alien to all of this like in my head when I think forensics I think of like CSI the people yeah, yeah, yeah. so basically in the UK currently we have like mental health is like separated into several different like you'll have like child and adolescent um like elderly kind of psychiatry just general adult inpatient and then you have forensics as well and forensics is basically like so for instance a patient will if they are suspected to have mental illness or even have a history of mental illness so for instance if you have someone who is psychotic and they they commit a crime based on their psychosis or something like that they will be assessed by a psychiatrist um usually two and um as a result they'll be put in a if they are found guilty or whatever um they are put into a forensic health unit a mental oh, health okay. unit, as opposed to prison oh i see so it's that it's that sort of area that you would be then yeah yeah exactly and then also people usually put in forensic units because um it it could be where there's such a harm to it's it's not necessarily they may be at risk to other people but usually it might be that they are at risk to themselves Mm. so you'll sometimes find extreme cases of personality disorders in forensic units too because there is a higher staff patient ratio if that makes sense so they're like they're usually people that have to be monitored obviously 24 7 and everything like that so um that's where hopefully i will go into once I graduate but I know it's one of the most the more within psychiatry it's a, one of the most competitive like niches mm. wow and um you mentioned that you would need two psychiatrists yeah. for um an offender is that so that there's no bias and to kind of come yeah. to the same conclusion yeah sometimes it could be it's not even psychiatrists you'll have like several people from the mental health right a social worker involved too so it's obviously had to make sure that the person is ob- as objective as possible because right. the thing about psychiatry that makes it very different to other forms of medicine is that actually the judgment is very subjective if you think about it like mm. if someone comes in with i don't know pcos it's very easy not easy don't give it when i say it's easy but like as in like um, i have to do an ultrasound of their ovaries see if they've got any cysts on it i'll have to do several blood results and that'll tell me that they have PCOS do you get do you, uh, yeah uh, mm. 
psychosis is obviously more subjective you can't really measure like hallucinations you kind of just yeah. have to, yeah there's no blood blood test for that so I think that's why it ha- they, you have to have more people involved within the assessment of mental health for it to be as objective as possible and make sure there's no bias in it because there is a lot of bias mm-hmm. within mental health within medicine as a whole so that kind of removes that yeah yes yeah, it is really interesting that so many people are involved in that decision mm-hmm. about someone's life and like their future it's it kind of makes me feel relieved though to know that even though it's it in some ways you could almost argue that it's almost violating having so many people make the decisions for you but obviously you're in this situation because of something that you've ultimately done that was wrong yeah but I also think it's great knowing that there are so many because it means that it isn't just one person being like yeah this this is the answer it's like okay it's really been collectively thought about yeah and also a great thing is that like I really feel like psychiatry has improved overall I think back in the day it was with all forms of medicine people are very narrow-minded it's either this or that now we've got more of a holistic way of looking at like a patient and we're more understanding And, um, and less judgmental as well and mm. we and I think as we know the treatment of mental health patients has been horrible in the past I mean still that there, there needs to be a lot of improvement but now that means that patients have like the backup of the of several people involved mm. getting the support that they need instead of it just being the healthcare system versus them yeah mm. Mm. so obviously the past year has been really hard for everyone um, especially people in the medical field I know you said you haven't stepped into a medical setting yet because of um you're not there yet in your medical course but what have you have you witnessed anything like due to the pandemic or I mean like so any healthcare student at the moment is classified as a priority student so we kind of we're the ones that have to go in for teaching face to face because um there's only so much like lectures online can do there's obviously like clinical examinations we have to use that obviously need like a physical presence so yeah a lot of our education has been affected impacted a lot by obviously what's happening and then obviously also a lot of our professors are people that work in the healthcare system still and right. obviously there is like a, a huge demand for them at the moment so there's obviously had to be a lot of adjustments in in regards to that and I low, low key just on a personal basis you feel really guilty because I I personally have seen like um, a lot of our professors at, were working at the Nightingale Centre you know that was built yeah. up there were a lot of trainers and everything like that so we always before you know the lockdowns happened right this was during September time he's a head nurse and he worked at Nightingale Centre and helped train everyone up and everything like that and he told us guys um, there is definitely going to be a second massive lockdown you will not you you guys will not be back for your second semester this was September. We're thinking, oh my God, we'll be back face to face. Everything will be normal. We're going to like, the country's going to go, go back to normal by like October. We just know it. He's like, no, based on like, trust me, the healthcare system knows there is no way this country's surviving until like, like we're going to go into another big lockdown. Everything, everything's going to shut down. So just accept that you've got lectures online. Um, and wow. so, yeah, so it's really scary to see like the head of our medical school is an ITU consultant and they all just come back with like really scary stories of like just there not being enough beds and just how like under pressure they are. It's, re- it's really, really sad. And then also another personal thing that happened to us. So this was last year during like the peak. This was like maybe like April, or May- April, May time, maybe. And we got an email from our university. Right. And they were like, oh, oh it's, if anyone's free to help at the mortuary yes I was about to ask you this because I remember yeah. posting, I don't remember where you post this but I was like oh my yeah. god I could not imagine getting an email saying oh we need some help with the dead bodies right now yeah mm. yeah and that, was, and that was basically because they were like there's just not enough people so and um, bearing in mind we, we deal with cadavers for our anatomy sessions but like we're very under training that part but the fact that they're like yeah guys we need your we need your help mm. like, there's wow. just not enough 
and they were even asking us to volunteer at hospitals and everything like that so yeah I think that email scared me the most I swear like out of everything that's happened in regards to medical school mm-hmm. the fact that we got an email being like can you help at the mortuary because there's just not enough people there's just basically there's too many deceased bodies coming through like the country can't handle it which is really scary which is so scary to think about did you have to did you then go did you quite a bit away from home and I was at home anyway in my family I've got my brother got really severe asthma and my dad's quite high risk as well so oh I see I don't want to put anyone at risk and spread anything Mm. oh god Mm. I, I just yeah that would terrify me as well and I think it's the fact that you're even going to be going into this industry that must be so not necessarily like a wake-up call but it's almost like wow this is the world that I'm about to sort of step into almost yeah, yeah. it is really scary to think because like I love like the NHS like I'm so I'm, I'm somebody that like believes in universal health care like I'm really pro it but the problem is that we just don't have a system that can deal just doesn't know how to look after the NHS basically we don't have enough resources um we're, we're taught very quickly that we're going to be overworked mm. and yeah just kind of deal with it that's a kind of scary thought but I guess it's all going to be worth it in the end because I don't know I I mean you don't go I like to think that people don't go into like medicine or any healthcare profession for the money because you know that's not going to be the main thing that's going to come out of it it's going to be at least not in this country like you're going into the private sector then yeah yeah I mean you do meet some medics that are like no I'm good second I graduate I'm just going to like go to America and that's it I don't want to like it's just too much mm. and you do see and you know what it's actually very common for medics in the UK after they're like just your junior doctor because they're probably so overworked and just mm. overwhelmed they're mm. just going to Australia because of the better working conditions can I ask um I don't know a lot about it but how have prisoners been treated during the pandemic and what's your view on it have they been looked after or obviously they've had to make um several adjustments as well so i know visiting visiting was um, was affected quite a bit during mm. the pandemic so that can obviously have an impact on on, on someone's mental health i mean yeah right now i think a lot of us feel trapped in so can you imagine if <laughs> yeah. those kind of and especially when general prison unit the the mental health that they receive is not very good from the beginning and in a forensic um unit case so if within psychiatry the well they have to make adjustments for instance in psychiatry they don't wear traditional they won't wear like you know nurses have uniforms and everything like that right. scrubs right. and stuff yeah, yeah. Scrubs, stuff like that. I should probably know that word I forgot what sorry <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's called uh, sorry um, but scrubs and stuff like that but in, in mental health they don't wear that because it kind of removes that stigma of that like they're being institutionalized mm-hmm. right so it tries to make people feel no, like almost more normal if that mm. makes sense mm. but they had to change into scrubs in units which could probably feel quite strange for patients mm. and again um visiting is affected but so they so again that's going to affect someone's mental health when that's that could be something they're looking forward to like all week exactly. is like seeing a family member and then is there anything in place to replace that like do they have video calls or no. nothing i mean I, I mean from what i know from prisons they're, they're very limited on like zooms and stuff like that they don't and also in mental health units you don't have wi-fi mm. um, mm. Right. Okay. don't have access to their phones so yeah i don't know what they've done in replacement but mm. if it's not there already i don't i doubt they're gonna be like oh let me fix something fix something yeah. yeah so do you, do you feel like your work is really going to be cut out for you when you get to the stage where you graduate and you're getting further down the line like after post-pandemic there's going to be a lot more sort Mm. of cases of mental health issues within yes yeah. prison oh world for sure for sure I think that well we already know that because of COVID it's lots of like even just like jet in general medicine lots of surgeries have had to be pushed back the effects of COVID will go on for years and years and years mm-hmm. um but then also in terms of mental health 
uh, like a hundred percent they've already seen like a crazy amount of increase of new um admissions to general patient units mm. so um general inpatient psychiatric units people that never previously had any kind of um engagement with their mental health services have now maybe come with new episodes of psychosis depression mm. and um other other mental illnesses so that's that's obviously something that's quite worrying to think again unfortunately with the current with the current situations a lot of mental health units have been ha- had to be closed down um for covid so they've been replaced with covid wards so can you imagine the type of bed pressure they've got they already don't have enough beds take mm. covid out of it now they're closing down wards just to make them covid wards for for what's going on right now yeah. so they've got even more bed pressure i mean one thing that i think is really sad is that as a society, we constantly talk about mental health awareness and everything like that. Mm. Uh, but we don't talk about it in regards to like COVID because we're talking about a lot of the physical impacts, but we really don't know the, uh, n- not much research has gone into the mental health impacts of what this mm. um, what this situation is doing to people. So I don't know. I'm actually more worried for younger people as well. This is their social forming years, yeah. you know, interaction mm. years, um, their identity forming years. And that's basically been taken away from them and yeah. at home and all they have to look at is social media which we know has has horrible effects on mental health so it's just a vicious cycle isn't it mm-hmm. so um, yeah I don't know um I don't know what I, I don't know what the future holds because of what's going on at the moment but I, I'm I, think, be it, I, th- I think it's safe to yeah. say you're going to be very busy yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll be very very busy sort of going back to the medical training side of things because you're wanting to go into and I didn't know this Jess and I sort of discussed this beforehand yeah. I didn't realize that in order to be a psychiatrist yeah you do the medical because I always knew because obviously we've been friends for many years and I've known you to be doing like the the physical or is that the right word like side of medicine so like you're going into the labs or whatever you're doing more of like the biology side of yeah, things yeah 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 as opposed to the the mental sort of side of things. I didn't realize that you had to do all of that beforehand to start with. But do you find that quite, I don't know if the word's frustrating, but like having to try and learn something about the body and biology and all of that sort of stuff to then be going to mental health. Is that kind of annoying? Like you're learning something that you won't necessarily, I mean, I'm sure you will use it in some way, but something that you're not heavily going to be doing. Like you're not going to be dissecting someone or something. Yeah, yeah. Is that um, quite frustrating? Yeah, that's true. Like the thing is about um, the body is that like obviously somehow all interlinks with one another. Yeah. One one has an effect on the other. I've got an interest into PCOS, which isn't a mental health condition, but what is it? Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay. Yeah, and so that um, and that can have an impact on mental health. Like people with PCOS tend to have high levels of anxiety and depression, and um, even though it's a hormonal in- imbalance, um, it does all interlink. But it is it is frustrating because it, this is why the the degree is so long. But the thing is about medicine, you have to learn what a normal body is, what can go wrong with it, and then and then how to treat it. And it's like not it's like good issue from like from your head down to your toes. Like and 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 like there are so many things that can go wrong with a body. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's a scary part but there's a lot a lot of learning to do yeah even though, like I don't even I'm not even interested in stuff like I have to learn <laughs> surgical techniques I don't want to be a surgeon do you know what I mean like I just yeah. have no interest in surgery but I have to like I don't know like you have to learn, learn it and ace it yeah yeah like different what happens when you have a fracture what like what kind of surgery do they take you do what, what medications do you need obviously I don't I'm like this doesn't even affect like I, I didn't yeah. use it for a few years but I've got to learn it to get through but and it must be really frustrating because medicine's constantly developing. So it's like you might you learn something and they're like, wait, forget that. You need to learn this now. Like this yeah, technique. Yeah. So it's like our dean was like, um, like over I don't know when he I don't know when he started studied, but um he was like, when I was studying, there was no such thing as AIDS. 
imagine like they didn't know what AIDS was like they didn't know what that condition was yeah. so like you just have to learn as you as you as you like go along yeah and, um thankfully I have like I, I'm somebody that genuinely enjoys learning I was gonna and say that really helps you're you're yeah. very 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 inquisitive about so many things so I exactly. think that really helps you of all people yeah yeah I, um so it's like um so it's so it's good for me but I don't the average person probably find it very very <laughs> boring I don't I don't blame them honestly objectively I'm like damn that's boring but I enjoy it because it's just I'm learning something new yeah. yeah yeah I think also the fact that you are you've chosen to be in the medical yeah um, field then like you, your fellow students as well you're yeah. probably all going to have some sort of interest even though you're not particularly wanting to go that down that route yeah yeah like for instance there are some people that wanted like be like I don't know like cardiologists and just focus on the heart so they're like when they do when we did our psychiatry block they were like why we like this doesn't I don't care about it yeah it's actually interesting because in medicine psychiatry is one of the most undersubscribed specialities wow so it's not that so people want to go to like surgery and be like like I was saying cardiologists and all those kind of orthopedics as well which is like working on bones like fractures and stuff like yeah. that everything um, that you shouldn't have an interest in. everything I don't have an interest in and also I was like low-key that's quite like like psychopathic like on the first day of medicine be like I want to I want to pick up a scapula and open someone up like that's not I was like I want to help people I, help <laughs> mental health. I get I get the 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 um the gradual kind of transformation into liking that but how like first day of medicine you're like oh I want to open <laughs> you're literally, I can picture you like meeting someone they say that and you're going <laughs> like looking at them like <laughs> okay I'm you majorly like psychoanalyzing them yeah yeah no red flag if you ever met a, if you ever meet a guy and he's like I want to be a surgeon and he's in medical run the other way run, <laughs> run don't run the opposite way do not go near him that's that's really red flag and they usually tend to be like a typical kind of like stereotype of like a surgeon like ultra cocky ultra in love of themselves it's the psychiatrists and the gps that are really nice (laughs) 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 so recently you received your covid19 vaccine um and we were asking you before um, we started recording how you're feeling you said you had a couple of symptoms but that you're doing okay you shared that experience via tiktok so um for our listeners could you please tell us a bit more about that so tell us a bit more about your tiktok account oh okay so basically so i've never ever i've never been a social media type person no you have not literally i'm just not a social media person i just have never it's not i have anything against it i think low-key it's like um i've always had a bit of like anxiety with like putting myself out there like I've just felt like oh my then god you just put yourself on the biggest platform in the <laughs> yeah. world right now I was oh like what god. is happening but you know what I said you know what I said do you know what? okay the pandemic has done lots of bad things but then it also I think has <laughs> made us think a lot because we've had yeah. nothing like but nothing else to do and I was like do you know what like what's the worst that can happen I'm not saying anything wrong I'm not doing anything bad if you're going with the best intentions kind of just chat like I was like Ava you have to challenge yourself like you know it's it, I, 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 I don't want to put myself in a box and be like oh shit I wish I tried something you know when you got old you're like I wish I did that especially yeah no regrets yeah exactly like I wish I did that I wish I did this I wish I I don't want that anymore I'm just gonna be good I love talking um low-key maybe like a bit of attention too Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think we all do but we just don't say it and um and so I was like I'm just gonna challenge myself put myself out there challenge my anxiety as well because like I don't know it gives me a lot of like like anxiety like anxiety like I was saying Mm. I just putting myself out there like oh my god who's watching who's seeing um and like the fear of like judgment of others as well I think that's where mm-hmm. that comes from but I was just like just start something and why see TikTok where- then why TikTok did were you on it before and, and you enjoyed it or were you 
I actually really like, um, really, really like the platform. Do you, do you both have TikTok? Like, I mean, I no idea about TikTok. Re knows. I'm obsessed with it. I'm yeah. obsessed. I mean, I don't use it enough. Like, I don't post much on it. I think I have yeah. probably five videos max, but I absolutely love it. I'm on it for far too long. But I think the algorithm's incredible. But I think for people like Jess who haven't been on it properly or like got hooked into it, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I think I think it's if you're looking on the outside, it's kind of weird. As soon as you're sucked in, you're gone. I used to be one of those like oh my god TikTok's so weird I associate it with like really young kids yeah because like, you see kids like dancing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what and I think of yeah, yeah. yeah and you're like oh my god <laughs> whereas <laughs> everyone that I follow I think are all older than me and they're like either doing like DIY like doing up their houses organization or people like yourself who cover a whole range of stuff and I kind of wanted to um jump into what you actually cover because you you have kind of a a niche in some ways you cover true crime yeah along with a couple of other things that have sort of got you a lot of um follows and and likes and stuff through uh the the hair removal machine yeah, that, you yeah. oh, that made me die laughing yeah. how did I'm that saying, my mustache got me famous <laughs> <laughs> i said no never i said finding my middle east and jeans helped me with something thank you <laughs> how did you decide that so obviously like you said you you were already on it but how did you decide one that you were going to post but it was going to be about true crime because you go really in depth oh my god okay so I've always wanted to do true crime like I love true crime so much like oh I've loved it since I was a kid like that sounds really like wrong but like who's the psychopath here (laughs) (laughs) I think true crime I can relate I can relate to that yeah Yeah. because there's two types of people that like true crime true crime that just generally just whatever or there's true crime where like and I think it's a large proportion of us like who just analyze like the criminals the crime why like I think it's I think the most interesting thing about true crime is what makes someone so deviant for them to do the things that they do because mm. you think like everyone's people say like everyone's got it in them to do something yeah. evil but it's like what has made this person actually act on it yeah. like complete that I completely get that I hate horror films so much yeah, but if I see something on Netflix whatever about an abduction or yeah. um like murder or like disappearance I am on it like yeah. I don't know what it is it's so strange but I, I think get really hooked again, on you being, you're, you're someone who has a um psychology, psychology background. degree background as well so mm. I, I, mm. this is where I can't relate to either of you because <laughs> I'm literally terrified if I stay away from that I'm like no I don't want to learn about someone who's about to chop me up into pieces no I don't want to know what how that happened I do not want to know what flipped the switch in his brain don't want to know keep him away whereas they say some people are interested in true crime because it almost makes them feel not better but like they they're ahead of the game like they know and most people that watch true crime or interested in true crime are women interested victims as well yeah like so it's almost like it, it gives them that kind of like power or something yeah, yeah, yeah like I know what I, I I know what you guys are up to I'm already head of the game that type of thing yeah, yeah. so it's interesting that you don't watch it because you're like oh no that, that that almost scares me but there is another side to it where people watch it so it almost like come in a strange way come yeah them. no I actually that makes a lot of sense here I can't again I can't relate to that because it that's not how I would feel but yeah. it makes a lot of sense for like you said for women to be the, the general um main consumers of this yeah. 
Yeah. In true crime, you'll hear the more popular names like Ted Bundy, Hernandez Brothers, Richard Ramirez. Like those are really, really big names um, because they're men that um, killed a lot of women. Yeah. Actually, to society, they were very normal, very attractive. I mean, that's that's subjective. Mm, Yeah. That's why people tend to be more attached to like certain um, true, like, like, serial killers because they're like how are they this is somebody that could easily be in my life easily be a friend easily even be a partner Mm. how did they get away with this why do they do those kind of things so I think it's like people try to like go into the brains of these people um and I think now that true crime is more mainstream as well like there are big big true crime creators especially on things like YouTube like Ellen O'Neill I guess Netflix as well isn't it Netflix Netflix is now especially recently Mm. they've come out with these really 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 good uh, true crime documentaries because they know that's where the view are. if there's one thing that I find that most people watch is true crime documentaries interesting how so how well then how do you choose who you're covering on, on a video so for, so for anyone who hasn't seen Ava's videos she has a mixture but she'll often sort of tell like, introduce you I guess to a, to a case a previous yeah. case that's basically what you do don't yeah. you yeah, I try to choose. Um, so I've done some more popular cases, but like I try to do cases that aren't um, that aren't very well known as well. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're, I don't know, I just, I, I think it's quite, I think it's quite nice as well to, um, a lot of time true crime does, like we were talking about, focus on the perpetrator, but actually it's nice to get the victim's name out there as well. Mm. Um, so, um, so I did it quite a few, like there was one, I did a, a girl called Cherish Periwinkle, which was a really, really sad case um, that happened in America. There's a few missing cases that I've done of people that have like the top five missing cases in the UK that still haven't been solved yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to mix, mix and match. And it's interesting that you've done one in the UK because I feel like whenever you hear about these cases it tends to be in America mm. so I think that's quite really interesting you're doing UK ones yeah I've noticed about the UK as well we almost protect a lot of these cases like they're not unless they're the really well-known ones we don't really like there they speak a lot about missing cases right like every day are missing people's cases kind of like on on like one random website missing people UK or something like that and then yeah. we don't really know about them we don't it's not shown in the news every day does that make mm. whilst in America I guess it's because it's a big although it's a big country they have smaller news platforms right so they have so for instance we don't have like news surrey where we'll have a tv station right everything that's going on in surrey so that's easy to put a missing persons case we'll have bbc london which is such a big thing and they don't even have the time to go through like people that have been murdered people that are going missing we almost like present our cases very differently the country do you think do you think then that that could potentially be a platform that you would not necessarily you yourself would start or something but you think that the uk needs like some sort of platform for missing persons cases um for murder cases stuff like that i'm sure that there's certain laws that that protect the confidentiality or whatever of certain things but do you think that there's maybe a space that needs to be or a platform that needs to be created to sort of raise awareness for for cases absolutely and also another thing is that i find in the uk is that we tend to focus on more popular cases so like i don't know if you've ever heard of like the missing white girl syndrome where we tend to put up that madeline mccann gets a lot of notice because she's a pretty little girl from a middle-class family so that gets lots of news as opposed to maybe I don't know like a sex worker that goes missing in the UK that's probably yeah. more vulnerable because yeah. we don't we almost like a society it's almost like we don't care we can move we can move on from those kind of cases yeah do you get what I mean as yeah, opposed yeah. To like, also I know in the UK we have I, this is kind of linked to true crime but like in London especially there are high true true crime rates but it, I don't know if it's as attractive as like something that happens in like 
I don't know, Plymouth. I don't, I don't, I can't think of it. Do you get what I mean? Like, it's not as attractive as like, oh, it's like London, it's dangerous. So we just expect that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's London. What else do you expect sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not as like, um, it doesn't grab. Like a small rural town. Yeah. Right. Okay. Or something. Yeah, exactly. And. It's um, awful, isn't it? It's disgusting. Mm. And in America, again, the big, to be honest, their cases just become really viral because like they have a lot, their their serial killers are like, like murder a lot of people. Yeah. Thankfully our country is a lot smaller. We just don't have crime rates like they do as well, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Back to TikTok. How do you sort of decide what you're going to make? Do you sort of do it based on what you want to make or do you do it based on what's popular? Like what do you feel you predominantly sort of produce on TikTok? Um, I don't know it's like I I don't really I, I don't like to do what's popular sometimes I do but most of the time because I like to do my own cases that I'm really interested in right. research but then what makes- about when it comes to stuff that isn't the um the crime because you've also then you sort of whack in some really random videos like yeah. that suddenly got you something like 50,000 likes or yeah, something? Four, yeah, yeah it's got like I'm, I think I'm on like 470,000 views which I never even like like it's, it's like it's wow. like, a thousand. like I didn't even like I don't even have Instagram photos like yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't even like my friends seeing me do you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm having like 470,000 people that I have on start and uh, this is what I used to help it basically yeah um, yeah no it's like I don't even I don't even know I'm really I'm generally quite a random person so I think it just fits my personality I used to have a very rigid way of looking at social media I used to be like social media is set for a few people and then everyone else we're just consumers right Mm -hmm. but I think like I've learned that you can be the consumer and also the creator the creator as well exactly so I like that idea and I also like the idea like it's really nice like already I've interacted with a lot of people like some internationally as well this girl that's really into true crime um and she's got like 250,000 followers which I was like oh, like, that, like that's such a like an honor and a compliment mm. like, someone to find your stuff and um from across the pond and stuff like that yeah and I like the fact that you can it's not social media it's set for a few people it's set for everyone you can yeah. anyone like a creator isn't somebody that is like there is like a, a box that they have to fit do you Absolutely. know what I mean you can look yeah. however you want to look talk however you want to talk and um and it, it, it's just it's just for everyone isn't it Definitely. and it's just something that I feel like you kind of have to not jump on but you kind of have to be a part of because like social media is like everywhere yeah difficult to avoid it I think for me anyway and I wondered the same for you do you find TikTok really informative at least the things that I consume I think it's very informative I think it's a great way to learn do you think it's something that they should potentially use for or maybe they are and I'm just not seeing it because I'm not a medical student but you know are there are there accounts that you follow to do with what you learn at all or have yeah, you no. I actually because I okay so I work like this I don't actually try to follow it as much like true crime and like medicine content because I just felt like it's like almost like when you're doing it all the time it almost overwhelms mm, you like I yeah. watch a lot of crime like I if I watch it on TikTok I'm just gonna go crazy or if I watch it on medicine sometimes it could be like I don't want to learn all the time yeah. like I want TikTok to be as fun kind of and I use it as mm. a so I've learned a lot about feminism recently and like radical feminism and like different forms of, and and something that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise because you know it, it learning takes a lot of time it takes a lot of effort mm. and so it's nice that you can get it in like such short like yes. increments but you get bite size yeah, yeah definitely everyone's attention span so small isn't it because of the way that um social media and content comes out really really quickly you're concentration level is I I think I remember when I was at uni we were talking about you know like with videos and stuff and when you're clicking and the study shows that people have a a patience tolerance or whatever 
something like less than a second for having to wait for something to load. So if they've clicked on something and it hasn't loaded straight away, they're like, oh, sort of thing. And I was just like, wow. Sometimes it can be quite tedious reading things. I think a lot of have changed the way that we like to consume things. We like it in talking form, mm. like, like talk, talking as opposed to like reading, um, which 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 is, is is good for is good for like visual learners as well. Like I'm a visual learner, so I like someone talking to me or doing something in front of me, and that's how I consume consume something. I'm a crappy cook, and I've learned so many recipes off of TikTok <laughs> as well. And, yeah yeah and like also like one thing I also like is like it creates it, it creates like communities of people as well yeah. like um I think on some platforms like social media it can kind of be like I feel like very like a lot of it's because you are very vapid things like the same kind of I like Instagram models I'm seeing yeah. like, and stuff and like but on TikTok you just see so many different organic creators and mm people that you probably businesses yeah yeah and small small businesses have really blown off on tiktok Mm. so it's it's, i think it's a great i think it's a really good platform and now i'm definitely pro social media like i'm pro youtube pro instagram pro tiktok (laughs) we're just just yet to see a photo (laughs) of you on it i need to now start doing something for instagram i need to i need to to expand a little but i'm pro i've made one step so i'm pro instagram now i start uploading on instagram Great. I mean, speaking of Instagram, we have had a little stalk of you um, on things you've been tagged in. And we, yeah. we've seen that you're the co-president of ARU Psych and Neuro Society, which is a charity organization on Instagram. Can you tell us a bit about this organization, what it means? Yeah, so we're the psych neurosoc of our medical school. And um, we initially made it because like a few of us are really interested in psychiatry and some of us neurology as well. And we just thought, let's combine them together because they're interlinked with one another. And then also there was one of the girls on the society who was really interested in neuropsychiatry specifically and thought it would be nice to like combine combine the two I'm more forensic psychiatry but as we spoke about previously but yeah it's just we have like talks and various charity events obviously it's been really impacted by COVID because a lot of our events would like it's better to take place face to face and we had a racism in psychiatry talk in October we're just planning on doing face-to-face events after hopefully when this stuff is all done um, but yeah, it's something I'm really, really proud of because uh, I like the idea that we're kind of like pushing psychiatry and um, even for medical students as well. Because like I was saying, it's an under undersubscribed speciality and it's so important to know about mental health because one in four, we all know that that statistic, one in four people have mental health um, issues in the UK. So yeah, another thing that I've noticed is that a lot of things that we're getting about mental health is, is mild anxiety and depression and we're not really taught as a society about psychosis about bipolar about severe like severe forms of depression and uh, other personality disorders I don't know if you guys would agree with me on this one because I've noticed like for instance if I, when I do my true crime videos and I say oh the person had schizophrenia there's always a comment like stop using their mental health as, a, as an excuse again because I don't consume the same sort of things that you do to do with true crime I haven't necessarily seen those things but you do hear it you hear people talking about it if they're bringing up cases to talk about like if they've watched something on Netflix it is a common thing I suppose that you hear isn't it yeah yeah and it's and this is one thing that I'm like really if there's one thing I should teach people that mental health uh, regardless of the diagnosis affects people very differently yeah and we can't just assume that every like because we which is not a bad thing I think I think most people in their life will um, suffer from some form of anxiety and some form of depression but that is not the only part of mental health Mm. it's a very broad there's a it's a very broad um, speciality and it's a very like I was saying like 
bipolar acts differently in each and different patient depression acts differently in, in every patient so someone with mild depression uh, might have a low mood that may impact some of their day-to-day -day activities but with someone with severe depression probably won't wash themselves for three weeks mm. be so I, th I completely agree with you I think that it's also just made to be this such a scary thing so yeah. if, like to be honest I don't I don't remember ever being taught about schizophrenia prior to my degree yeah and I just think that there's all these like sayings isn't there like oh that person's schizo or like yeah, you know like yeah. these shortenings or even psycho yeah. which is just not accurate if yeah. you say someone it's like it's just that's not what it means but yeah. that's a whole different conversation yeah. but yeah. yeah language we just use normally because we just think it's like yeah 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 or it's just criminalized like you think okay someone with schizophrenia there's something wrong with them they're going to go and kill someone like yeah. there's it that's like your that's, I think that's what portrayed on um on films and things like that whereas I my personal experience I worked in a a child's inpatient unit I was a healthcare assistant there and I worked with um a girl who had a schizophrenia um diagnosis and she was lovely like she was that she hadn't done anything to harm anyone she yeah. was she had some hallucinations she was on some medication yeah. but she was actually the one of the most harmless kids there <laughs> to be yeah. honest yeah. Yeah. um and it was really eye-opening for me because I feel like it debunked a lot of those myths oh, yeah behind um a mental health disorder that really like you said is not spoken about widely enough I think that's really sad because schizophrenia actually is um it, it, it's a chronic mental health in a sense that if someone has schizophrenia it's most likely going to affect them for the rest of for the for mm. their whole life and what during one of our lectures um we had with a with a psychiatrist he said that when someone says they've got cancer right um everyone's like say oh my god oh my god that's so sad i'm so sorry for you but if someone goes i've got schizophrenia everyone's like oh my god like like not even like oh you know how is that how are you feeling it's immediately like everyone everyone just wants to run away from it like you're saying people are very scared of it people don't understand it either as well that's why yeah that's why they're scared yeah, yeah. so um and so he was like it's very and um, what that causes is a lot of stigma and against that mental health illness and also it affects the patient significantly so people mm. won't feel very comfortable maybe telling their workplace oh I've got a diagnosis of bipolar or got a diagnosis of schizophrenia then what then what that does mm. is that maybe sometimes because there is a lot of stigma around it people won't go for treatment either and that it gets worse and worse yeah, exactly yeah. I think it's great that we're having these mental health conversations but I think it needs to be more inclusive of all of mental health instead of just the mild depression and anxiety that I'm seeing a lot of which isn't a bad thing by the way I think it's great I think it's great that people are opening up about how they're feeling yeah. uh I think we we're, we're definitely miles ahead from probably my parents generation that didn't even you know if they said they were feeling anxious or sad it'd just be like I'll oh, just get over it yeah. but now we're actually having conversation you know, what can you do to improve it therapy mm. or even going have get again medication but I think it just needs to be more inclusive the ideal thing with my platform but one one day like speaking more about these but about these conditions and just exposing people more to it and it not being this scary mm. thing that we shouldn't talk about it's like massive taboo it's actually very normal it's like any other mm. um, condition that there is in the world like like we're talking about like other what like other physical health care conditions is just the same but it's just definitely I could not agree more with that I, I think it's it's something that we just need to have normalized isn't it it just needs to be normal for everyone to to speak about what's going on in their mind and I think it's again it's that fear I guess of the unknown or not being able to see something but yeah. it doesn't mean that it's not there so yeah I couldn't agree more obviously mental health is clearly a, a big part 
of you and and yeah. um something that you're very passionate about what kind of influence your sort of career path and all of this so my parents came here as refugees so I came I wasn't born here um my parents came here as refugees from Afghanistan and that has made a big impact that's made me more empathetic if that makes sense mm-hmm. so um so that's led me to a more medical route as well um so like helping people because I guess I received a lot of help growing up as well mm-hmm. um, and, so that, and, and also when you've gone through that kind of struggle you're just generally more empathetic anyway because you've mm-hmm. seen more you're more exposed to more mm-hmm. and then when I was at, when I when I was a child I was diagnosed with ADHD with a neuro which is a neurodevelopmental condition there is even slight stigma towards things like ADHD with kids and stuff like that and various other conditions like even my friend was like I've got dyslexia and she feels like there's a lot of stigma with that so that kind of makes you more inclined to help help people as well because yeah. you've been at the receiving end of something my mum also is a doctor so that's obviously been a massive impact in my life she's like my biggest inspiration because um, my mum my and dad obviously they both, they both fled war my mum uh, left the country literally as a junior doctor and um, thinking that she was going to work in Afghanistan her whole life then left became a refugee came to the UK had to learn a completely like new language from scratch with no family no support and I I, I know Rihanna you you like the charity choose love mm. and I think they, they talk a lot about um, the difficulties of being a refugee and the stigma in relation to in relation to that so um, I, my mum suffered a lot, a, a lot of that whilst training to become a doctor. And then also the fact that my mum's a Muslim woman, mm. which you, um, a Muslim Afghan woman, and she became a doctor and um, and pursued pursued her dreams. And so that's always been like a massive inspiration. So You've I'm not had like the strongest role model ever <laughs> presented. I, I mean, I mean, like no, I, I know she's my mum, so I'm obviously going to compliment her. But like, I really she's had a lot of barriers against her and she's broken them all. And so that's, I'm so proud, like so proud of her. And I look up to her so much. So I I can't sit here and be like, that hasn't been my biggest influence in medicine. Like, um, I I guess a part of me feels like medicine gave her a lot of strength if that makes sense like mm-hmm. just break those barriers like my mum always says what separates me and a lot of other um previous refugee women or, or other afghan women is a fact is, is my medical degree is my education right. i can do so much she she's like i've got a voice because of my education allow me to enter spaces that i probably wouldn't have wouldn't mm. be allowed to enter if i didn't have my education yeah. so that's been um, like a massive inspiration and then also i do actually in terms of um in terms of mental health i think i think mental health is just always interested me I don't know I like psychoanalyzing people I like looking at people uh, wondering why they do the things that they do so that mm. that's where it comes from and then I also have an interest in true crime so I like the fact that I can combine the combine both of them together definitely so, definitely my biggest I think the fact that your two sort of interests being true crime and psychiatry and everything it makes so much sense and and I'm so happy for you that there is a field literally for me for <laughs> <I just think laughs> it's all for you <laughs> yeah no I love I, I literally I I can't wait I know I know it's going to be it's not an easy road to get to get there no. but like I like I think it's all going to be worth it because I, I I think it's important that we all um all do what we like love because absolutely I was saying you're gonna like not be like complaining and stuff like I was I was saying to Jess actually before we started recording I was I was telling her a little bit about your sort of journey before this and hearing you talk about your mum you're very much like it you didn't take no for an answer because when we were back studying together I I met over through um A levels and it took you a while to sort of get to the path that you wanted because you kept sort of almost being told no and you were like no I'm not accepting that and you've sort of I'm filled with so much like pride yeah yeah. if I listened to the first no I mean I don't know where I would like where I would be 
Um, but I'm happy that yeah I guess it is like my family's res resilience and everything like that and that like every, I, I hate I hate the cliche but like everything anything and everything is possible if you put your mind to it yeah, um, and don't give up so yeah I know I just got a bit emotional really hearing you talking about your mum I think that's so beautiful the way you spoke about her I'm sure she's so proud of you as well many people would say that their faith and their family play a big part in mental health can I ask you what does your faith mean to you yeah I do like I'm, I'm Muslim and um I'm uh, I'm very proud of obviously I'm not like like I'm Afghan Muslim right raised in the UK and I was raised in Surrey as well so like that's like it's not like I've been raised in a very multicultural area no. so you even know like our school are you are like <laughs> <wasn't very multicultural. laughs> uh, and um and so I I'm, I low-key sometimes I'm not even joking I'm joking with my friends I'm like I know more about Christianity than I do know about Islam sometimes like, <laughs> <laughs> all my education has been surrounded by Christianity but yeah no because I believe in God I guess and like certain Islamic principles help with like for instance I get really bad anxiety sometimes right and so um, religion does help with that and also I'm interested in cultural psychiatry as well um, that's like kind of a new niche coming out so they're kind of using um, people's religious beliefs so not just Islam but like various religious beliefs as part of like their treatment plan or like un or understanding it in relation to do you, does that make sense so for instance yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really might have psychosis and they might think that I don't know they're having hallucinations about seeing I don't know like a demon spirit or something like that in yeah. relation to their religion so yeah. cultural psychiatry kind of understands why while the why they see a demon spirit and then also how they would treat them in relation to their culture and religion because i think i'd be lying to myself amongst muslims there are there is a lot of stigma with mental health amongst certain cult and that's more of a cultural thing than a religious thing right a religion encourages science it encourages uh, like medical treatment and everything like that but unfortunately culturally it's a different issue there is a lot of stigma even with the more mild conditions like anxiety and depression like if i told my grandma if i had depression i have depression she just wouldn't understand it and she'd be mm. like oh, pray it off just pray it off like why do I do like you shouldn't you shouldn't you have, you should have nothing to worry about we have to, like we were just talking about TikTok now I've learned about so much stuff and I'm uh, on TikTok about like feminism and all that kind of stuff that my grandma obviously doesn't have access to so she can't learn about those kind of things right mm. so, but we luckily as a generation we do we have access to so many things mm. so many resources for treating mental illnesses and stuff like that so um but I don't think they do so that there is a bit of a difference in in our, in our in the way that we view things so it does impact me but it just gives me more of an understanding of different people's views of it mm. and it's, I like the fact that I've been growing up in like I understand the, like a Christian way or, or British way of looking at things and also like a Muslim way of looking at things and various other Middle Eastern or Asian ways of looking at things quite well-rounded mm. then aren't yeah, you well-roundedness as well yeah yeah it just, it just <laughs> I can look at the world a little bit more with more open eyes what do you what do you value most then about being part of an uh, not only just like your family but an Afghan family a family who have you know fled war and you know what, what do you value most about this Oh my god, I value a lot of things. Our food, no, <laughs> I, I wondered if you'd say that because I think a lot of people say that from their their backgrounds. They yeah. say food is amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I like I don't know I think it's just, I like the fact that I'm very warm because of my culture like we're very inviting and very like family and people orientated yeah. so I think that's where like me being really sociable and bubbly comes from I think also people don't actually when I tell them this because it's not like Afghanistan has the best reputation when it comes to female like women's rights but um, <laughs> women are actually very loud and are like are actually very opinionated in our communities you're uh, a big <laughs> big example <laughs> 
Yeah, and I'm a big example of that. Like, as in, like, I just say, like, and I think that comes from being Afghan. I'm not like, because I feel like British culture is actually very PC and we're taught to mm. be reserved with what we're saying. But actually... Be seen like, rather than yeah, heard. exactly. <laughs> I, globally, I'm not joking. Like, I actually think in most most countries outside of, like, even just England itself, have this, women and generally people are just taught to be very opinionated and mm. say how you feel about various topics. Like, I can openly talk about politics mm. and how I feel about politics. Whilst here, here we're talking... It's not considered rude. It's not considered. Yeah, yeah. It's not because yeah, or like religion. Educated. Yeah, it's not obviously like yeah, that religion and stuff like that. Like uh, you could say openly, but whilst it, here we're not taught taught to kind of talk about these things. Mm. Reserve with that. Mm. So I think that's another thing that it, it, it's taught me. But I definitely think like the, the big parts of my personality are like my like mm-hmm. my Afghan heritage, which I'm really proud of. I love that. I love that so much you're so busy and we're in a pandemic and you're busy learning and everything how do you have time for yourself I don't know how I manage stuff but I just just, just live yeah. like, I don't know I don't think my life is that I don't think my life is that busy I spend I one thing I do know is that I spend, I dedicate a lot of my time to studying like that is one thing like I've sacrificed a lot of my socialization for studying it's right. something that I genuinely like I genuinely enjoy studying I know it sounds really weird no um, not at all no I love, I love that Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, like, I like, I'm a, yeah, I just, I just love studying so much. So I've, I've sacrificed a lot of socializing for that. But um, I just, I guess I've just learned to, um, I keep my friendships circle small because I feel like the bigger the friendship circle, the more harder. Like, yeah. Cause then you have to make more promises to more people. <laughs> 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 no, but you know what? I saw a post actually, the, um, I think it was yesterday and it absolutely applies to what you said. And it was, um saying something like you're going to notice that the more you chase your dreams and stuff like that the less people will be in your life and that isn't in a in a negative way it's just saying you will notice that the people who are there for you will remain in your life but they will also let you sort of thrive you know like if you need to do stuff you are going to have to sacrifice socializing if that's what you want to do in order to get to where you want to be then the people that love you and support you will support that and I I can speak firsthand like with, with Jess and every all of my close friends when I've felt the need to sort of not necessarily pull away but if I'm like I'm worried about doing this because what if it affects you or our friendship and the first thing that they always say is don't you dare sort of even think that like yeah. what you need to do but like take time for yourself yeah like, like do and, it and, and yeah. do the stuff that gets you to what you want to do and I think that is brilliant that you are spending your I mean I know it's a it can probably at times I'm sure be quite difficult if you're not getting to socialize yeah. and I mean obviously we're in a pandemic but you know what I mean like I, I'm sure that can be hard but I think it's brilliant that you are actually choosing your time to be spent on something that you love so much and want to to use in your future that's going to yeah. benefit you're investing in yourself yeah 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 I mean sometimes it can feel because it feels like there is there is so much pressure on your 20s to make everything perfect yeah like uh, get the best job, have have the most money, do the best socializing, have um, a, a banging social media profile. <laughs> do that. I'm like, oh my god! Like, I'm, I, let me breathe, God. <laughs> and I read something as well on social media. It's like, like your twenties are just like you learning to become you. Yeah. Which is such a which is such a weird thing, like weird thing to accept because it is. It's, a, it's I think our twenties a lot of like like you guys were talking about, a lot of investment in yourself yes. to make sure that I'm the best the best person I can be for myself because the best person for me may be someone that is like spending a lot of time studying and then becoming a doctor and that's that's my ultimate goal for other people that might be not studying and just traveling. Do you get yeah. do, and, yeah, and that's yeah. the best, and that's good for, like like that, yeah. that that's great for them. But as long as like you find out 
what you want to do and what makes you happy and just focus on that I think everything else just falls into place because yeah. I found when I focus on myself and when I'm being more positive towards myself everything like the people around me tend to be more positive the the, the kind of situations I get into are generally quite positive and that's that's the way I kind of I, I like to live it like I like to keep my friendship circle small I like to study a lot I like to watch my true crime documentaries and now I like to film a TikTok on the side like yeah. I, I know I know what I like now yeah gonna go with that that's amazing it sounds like you've though. just given us the answer to a question that we ask all of our yes li- um our guests when they come on we always like to ask what makes up your circle and it sounds like you just kind of summed that <laughs> up like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I've absolutely loved hearing everything you have to say. I wish we could spend more time and hopefully if you have the time I'd love to have you back to ask you more and, and find out more but thank you so much for coming on today so we always like to end every episode dedicating it to a small business a charity or an organization and I believe you've provided us with two today haven't you could you please tell us about those okay so the first one is ARU Sky Project which basically was set up by a few of my friends actually um, at university and it's like a kindness project it's just a really sweet charity they like collected lots of food for the homeless within the area that we study and they've spoken about like giving blood as well and my my friend Nora wrote a post like what the importance of giving blood and giving charity and I really like I like the kind of mixing of medicine as well in there and I think it's a really it's it's a recently formed one it's quite small it's actually set up by one of my friends Nora who also is an Afghanga. So, um, so yeah I really like that page and that project. Okay so we'll, we'll be displaying that now on the screen and what is the second one? Um, yeah so it's neurodivergent activists. So basically um, as I was saying I've got ADHD and obviously that means part of the neurodiverse community and that includes people with dyslexia, autism. I like that page because it's an opinionated page on various matters. So um, recently there have been a few murders of autistic children. We recently had one in the UK and these stories tend to get lost in the in the news cycle and so I like this page because they bring these cases to the forefront and they discuss their their experiences with their autism or various other people's experience with autism and then also they recently did a um, especially with the whole Black Lives Matter movement people's experiences like who are black and have autism as well which I thought was really good I really really like that page they've got some really good opinion posts which I really like it's really engaging you learn you learn a lot with that with that page Okay, great. So we'll be putting that information on the screen. We'll also be putting a post out as per um, after on our Instagram. So you can go and check out those accounts. They'll be tagged on there. Um, Please make sure that you go and follow Ava on TikTok because she is rising. We want her to keep going and also encourage her to get on the gram as well. She's on there. So go follow her on there too. We'll put all of her handles here. Sorry. (laughs) So thank you so much. and Thank you. Thank you for please make sure to like and subscribe to our channel go and stream on spotify and itunes through apple podcasts and we'll see you for our next episode bye bye